This podcast is brought to you by JBL. Employing the best methods and tools, audio technology is at the core of everything JBL creates. Never straying from a ground-up approach to everything they build, JBL has produced a prolific list of audio achievements, groundbreaking technologies, and revolutionary advances in the art and science of professional audio. JBL, passion for sound and those who create it. Learn more at JBL.com. Hello and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. Welcome to Discussion. I'm Jeff Stanfield, and today we have Larry Crane and Julian Baker talking about the Japanese house album Good at Falling. Now, a couple notes about this episode. Although this album was the starting point for the chat, it never really gets into specifics of the record or its songs, but it was a launching pad for a great conversation, and it's a fabulous album, so we thought we'd share. Enjoy. Thank you so much for doing the discussion podcast with me. And of course. We're going to talk, uh, you picked the Japanese house, Good at Falling album, right? Ah, oh, yes, I did. Thank yes. you for turning me onto this record. Well, number really? one, I'd never heard it. I really, really, really enjoy it. I've been listening to it at home all the time. It's keep, so good. I keep telling my wife, remember this record, this record, check it out. <laughs> it's good. This is good. <laughs> how, did yes. you, how did you come across um, Amber's music? There was a time when there were only a handful of songs up on like streaming services mm. and one of my friends just sent me a link to Sugar Pill and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so I listened to the handful of songs that was available and then when this record came out um I heard I think the first song I heard off of Good at Falling was We Talk All the Time and I that might be one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. I was hooked on that. And it's funny because I I haven't historically loved things in this realm of music. Like I just haven't gotten it. Right. Um because it's I, a I more it's a more modern production, I would say, than like like say your previous record. You know? Yeah. Totally. And, and also, it's, your new record sounds a little more like modern production, too, which we'll talk sure. about in a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's also, um, I guess it's not not guitar-driven, but mm -hmm. the style is just so much different than anything that I had ever made or listened to. Um, I just... Yeah, I wasn't in that world as a kid growing up listening to more like bedroom pop or electronically driven music. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I just fell in love with this record. Lying in bed and you circling around my head Try to picture something different instead Of this pretend I don't exist Paradigm shift. I was never here at all. And they said that we'd get on. 
crazy too is that it lives these songs live in the realm of pop sonically mm-hmm. uh just on the the sounds you know the drum sounds and the synthesizer sounds but they're so technically complex you know right like right. i still i have been listening to that record all the way through once a week since it came out and i still can't find the one in the first half of worms it's like I, the kick pattern is insane <laughs> and it's like i don't know right. uh, she does a lot of cool like really interesting um modulation mm. like i don't know that's a thing i think honestly that record was like a meteor that knocked me in a different trajectory of like the kind of music I was listening to because I, I don't know. I've, I've never been a real, I've never been very well versed in music theory. I had, I had to take one required music theory course in college and that's the extent of it. Um, and so really complicated, like jazz, uh, and, neo soul and funk like things that get into uh really complicated modal shifts mm-hmm. i just didn't understand because i grew up making punk rock music and i'm like four chords in the truth that's all you need sometimes yeah, right. you throw a little fun <laughs> you f- little fun too in there but like yeah this stuff i was just like wow this uh i'm hearing these chordal arrangements and these you know keys with a a bit more fluid of a center in a context that is accessible to me and it made me yeah i don't know i think it just spurred my interest in that world of music you know expanded what i thought was possible yeah It's interesting to me, like there is this, I think there's more of a cross-pollination now between the way a lot of pop music is structured by building with pieces, Mm -hmm. you know, and loops and and sounds and layers of samples. There's more of a cross-pollination between that and someone like you that might be called an 
indie artist or whatever the hell these kind of terms mean. Exactly. But we can yeah. build these tracks at home, like on any laptop, right? I mean, as we can start the origins of ideas like that, of music like this pretty easily technolo technologically is what I'm trying to say. No, completely. I mean, I've been listening to this new Claude record and I was reading an interview of theirs and it's, <laughs> I came across this term PC music <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. I was like, does that mean politically correct music? <laughs> um, but I, awesome. I, and then I was like, I, I realized that now there's a name, I guess people had been employing the term bedroom pop too, which kind of sure. summons up the image of, I mean, this right here, like, you know, there, <laughs> there's my guitar. I have this little SM7B and right. I make demos all day long. I bet, yeah. But I, I guess it's like, I don't know. There's something very punk about that to me, if that makes sense. Like when I think about what punk music is or like, you know, and of course it's such a trivial argument to be like, what's punk and what's unpunk. But <laughs> the reason why I, why I loved hardcore music growing up was because it's accessible. You know, when you think about it's, it's, you can get like, you know, Maybe you can get a guitar that somebody doesn't want anymore, one of your older siblings had or your parents have, and you can learn bar chords. And it's not, there's not this sort of academic, um, formal knowledge barrier right. uh, like there is in being like a classical pianist or a classically tra trained jazz guitarist. And you can then make music easily with friends. And I mean, essentially, that's all folk music is and that's all country music is right. is that like if you learn a couple of chord shapes you're good to go C and, and G, so what C i and g for country right <laughs> yep yes c and g maybe a d if you're fancy Ooh, yeah. um but yeah and then it's like i see and this has been happening for a really long time like why i think soundcloud rappers I, like mm -hmm. have this callback to the same kind of culture that evolved from people screaming on r really low quality amps and mm. not needing to have like formal vocal talent and not needing to have formal guitar talent just ha you know your bikini kills and your right. minor threats and your people just using these mediums to transmit emotion and make music uh without it having to be perfect. And I see that happening now with like, now the tools that are the most easily accessible maybe aren't a guitar. I think it's a valid, it's a valid yeah. way to look at it right now. I think there's a, yeah. a new, there are new forms of creativity with music coming. And imagine if you got a hold, like I'm looking at my MacBook Air right now that we're talking about. Yeah. If your mom gave you her used one when you were like 13, you know, yeah, and, and then you download like a free, band. yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? I mean, and seriously, it's like, I think that people, I think there's so much of, like when you listen to an immaculate pop record, like, I don't know, like a Carly Rae Jepsen record mm -hmm. or an Ariana Grande record, that is audio fidelity at the extremity of what it can be, right? Like yeah. that's pristine audio but then it's like that music starts to become informed by 
And this always happens with music. It's like the perpetual music cycle. It starts to become informed by what people are able to recreate at home. Like, I was listening, I was listening to some song. It was a SZA song. And I thought that it would like the noise of the bass was just because my speakers are shaky in my car. But it's like deliberately made that way. Because it's sound, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like it is, How funny. it is intentionally recalling like a low quality thing right. because that is what is familiar and that's what you're able to make with your little stock compressor turned all the way up right. and your little like drum beat pad on your Casio. Um, and there's something that people enjoy about that. And I think that's right. true. Yeah, you know what I mean? If oh, it's yeah. like a Woody Guthrie song on like a really old 45 or if it's, you know, this is a song. Those sounds, <laughs> those, those sounds like maybe they're artifacts, you could say. Uh, yeah, they exactly. In, they inform us of the origins and maybe authenticity of sounds. And, and it's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, in, uh, things and cultural things inferred by that, say, you know. Mm -hmm. like placing it in time or where it's coming from and what it means. So so all those yeah. little things tell us something. They're a clue. Yeah. Know? But I think yeah. I think what's really interesting about the Japanese house and and to an extent your new record that's coming up, uh, Little Oblivions is that there's use of these pop song constructions, sounds and all these things yet within an expressive emotional uh you know, songwriting way that's not as, you know, you mentioned Carly Rae Jepsen. Those records actually do sound really good, but I get a little bored of the lyrics, you know. Really? Say. I, I do personally, yeah. you know. But yeah. when I hear your music or I hear Japanese house, um, it's less the lyrics I have to dig in. Sure. You know, so that gives me more of a puzzle to solve, which makes the music more interesting, <laughs> you know. Sure. And it could no, be the I same constructions, you know, to support these. Exactly. I mean, and for whatever it's worth, it you talked about cross pollination before, and I I can see that with lyrical content as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I think that there is a common assumption that pop is by definition or it's like innately shallow, right? And I don't necessarily think that that's true. It just depends on how you look at it. Like the simplicity of lyrics. True. True. I don't know. Like if you, yeah, exactly. No, I, I the totally Beatles get you. The Beatles can be simple. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Beatles can be simple or lyrics can be being used as a vehicle for the sung voice of a vocal performer. That's right. like the lyrics aren't what's important. But with the Japanese house, it sort of marries all these interesting characteristics of the music that I like right. in such a tasteful way.
I'm starting to hear pop music now that is willing or, you know, things that could be considered pop that do mm. very well, that is n where the lyrics are not sterile, you know? Like, yeah. I think people are willing to challenge their listeners in the pop realm more. Oh, yeah. and I And it's, like, reflected in the way that pop isn't something only accessible by superstars. It's something totally. that you can get on your computer and yeah. make by yourself. Right. And so like all these different people now making this previously ex exclusive-ish uh, version of music are now informing how it's made by the people who we would think of as pop stars. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, it's but. all, I mean, music is, you mentioned folk music and the folk tradition is mm -hmm. key to understanding anything that everything mutates and morphs as it passes down or, or yep. as time moves along, I should really say, you know, sure. and people and musicians, we all grab bits and pieces of what we like and somehow codify it into something new. You sure. Know, that's why music doesn't always sound the same or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too much. Totally. You know. Well, no, and I'm, it's like you know that process was something that I didn't engage with a ton. Like before mm. hearing this record, the way that I wrote songs or imagined songs was that, like, I write a song in my room and then I perform it into a microphone, mm -hmm. and I didn't. There's, I don't know. There's some really gentle kind of atmospheric production on yeah. my past two records, but there's not like ear candy and little distortion and like fu and like plugins. I didn't know anything about plugins. Oh wow. Just like yeah. what is that? <laughs> and the more that I see the like, you know, people that produce their own music like the Japanese house, I became fascinated with that as its own art form you yeah. know what i mean like producing right, sure. became fascinating to me and making and arranging sounds that didn't have to do with me just doing scales on my guitar to try to get better at guitar right. i was like okay like this is a whole skill set that i can shift my attention to um instead of you know it's like yet another door opened up for how i create music After listening to Japanese House, then I went and listened to 
a stream of little oblivions and I went, oh my gosh, this is a, this is a key to, to Jillian's brain. Dude, you know? Yeah, I mean, it seriously is. Um, and of course it's like, my music isn't so um, lush, like mm-hmm. pop. Right, right. <laughs> but exact. It's like, and but I do think it's like highly derivative of that. I don't know. Derivative always carries a negative connotation, but I don't think it's possible for music not to be derivative. And this record meant a lot to me and right. changed how I thought about percussion sounds. Right. right. And. But I mean, you know, I use a ton of synthesizers on Little Oblivions and synthesizers had previously occupied a sort of mysterious otherness to me. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to use a synthesizer Synth- because I had a very limited, I guess, perception of how synthesizers are used or what kinds of music right. warrant a synthesizer. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I hear this record and I'm like, you can use a synthesizer to do anything. Like there's no rules. Right. Um, yeah, it's lovely. I mean, yeah. as long as the emotions and the message gets across at the end of the day, it doesn't, you know, it never really, as music and technology change, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It all kind of gets out, you know, taken away in the wash. And by the end, you just want the emotions, you want the connections. You want to you want to cry. You want to dance. Whatever, <laughs> whatever totally. this is telling you to do, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that you know I've lived through the '80s and and all kinds of eras and seen things come and go. And I'm like, everything's valid. You just have to. Yeah. You have to figure out where to apply it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. never, it's never mean, wrong, or wrong or right. <laughs> no. No. It could be. Yeah. Less than you expected. <laughs> I've been Fair disappointed enough. by a few artists that yeah. I was fans of, but in, in the end, it all works out. Have yeah. you have you ever got to meet Amber Bain, the 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 uh, force behind Japanese House? No, I never have. In fact, yeah. I'm a little bit worried that I that it would like creep her out <laughs> for me to be talking about how much I love this record. But I just really do. I love these songs and i i don't know maybe it's because i have the experience of being an artist that it's like when i talk about this record i very literally am just talking about these sounds as they exist and i try not to suppose anything further right but um yeah i am i don't know i'm a massive fan of her thing (laughs) so i hope it's not (laughs) creepy you should get someone to have you interview her or something you know what i mean gosh dude that'd be fast perfect that that would i'd probably learn so much i just i feel like i'm several years behind the times of like people being proficient in like whatever it is ableton or logic or pro tools um and i would probably just have my mind blown it's it's been a very uphill battle for me been watching a lot of youtube tutorials oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) be careful some of them are wrong (laughs) oh gosh dude well and that the funny thing is like i i don't know i watched a youtube tutorial on like how to set the attack and release on a compressor Mm -hmm. and then i asked like two of my friends one of them was calvin who you know helped me make my record and the one before it and i was like how do you know like you know when people say like oh to take 
whatever out of a snare you dip it you notch out like 4k calvin was like just use your ears <laughs> <laughs> just use your ears um well because like a the e the graphic of eq visualizer isn't always accurate and b right. because there's not like i don't know and th th yeah. th conversations like that help me think of it as an art too because then it becomes less this techie empirical information <laughs> thing where this is how you mic a snare this yeah. is how you eq uh, an acoustic guitar it's like well i think all those things are inherently wrong when you say this yeah. is how you know what exactly. i mean exactly I mean, yeah and i don't know why i thought of it like well it's like i guess i i went to school at first before i changed my major right. I, I went for audio engineering and i wanted to do right. live audio because i was just better at that Right, I remember and that. I didn't want to stare. I yeah, I didn't. I imagine myself as somebody who could stare at waveforms for hours, <laughs> and then quarantine happened, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna stare at these waveforms." Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, and I think I I spent a lot of time like going to classes and you know having professors click through slides about sound and how we imagine sound and um what compressors do and the signal flow of a console um but yeah yeah i don't know so it's, it's really easy to it was it was easy for me to be turned off by that and sure. think of it in the context of a a function a skill that you learn and you do it this one way right. and it's been really fun you know i think yeah to just realize that's not true <laughs> different people have their different ways of living Chose mine and it was unforgiving Someone gave me guidance, there was something in it I put it into practice and I tried to live it I'm self-dividing Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com along with our regular podcast and online content.